Listen, I just um, so thankful for you. So glad you're at church today. Um, we're in a series called Let's Talk About It. And I'll just tell you this series has been challenging, but also I just believe the Lord's been speaking through it. So today, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. And just in honor of God's Word, we love to stay standing as we read that together. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. So Philippians, Newer Testament, towards the end of the Bible. Going to be there. Paul wrote this book, Philippians chapter 4. It's going to be an incredible day today. Um, just believing that God is going to continue to speak through this. And again, uh, wherever you may come from, whatever you may have walked in here with, I'm so glad you're here. I'm just believing that the Spirit of God is in this place. He's going to speak to you because uh, He knows you better than I could ever know you. And uh, He's got a plan for you. And I'm excited that we're going to open His Word and we're going to see. Because I think a lot of us in this room are struggling with what we're talking about today. And uh, so we're in this series called Let's Talk About It. Today we're going to talk about stress. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, you don't look stressed at all. Go ahead, let them know. You don't look stressed at all. <laughs> awesome. Hope that gave you enough time to get to Philippians chapter 4. If you're there and you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're not there yet, say, hold up. Okay, we're going to give you a second. Give you a second to get there. I like that. I like you turning in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, awesome. Grab your phone. Big giant Bible up on the screen behind us in a second. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be in verse number four. One more time. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. That's what it says. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Somebody say with Lord. Say like you got some rejoicing that you can do. Somebody say rejoice. I like that. Let, it, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. If that doesn't encourage you today, it should. We'll actually talk about it next week. And let's talk about the second coming of Jesus. We're going to talk about it next Sunday. So that'll be awesome. Watch what verse 6 says. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all that He has done. Then, somebody say then. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. Boy, you're going to live with a sound mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing and then the God of peace will be with you. Jump down to verse number 11. Not that I, have ever, I was ever in need for I have learned how to be content in whatever I have. I know how to live in almost every, with almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And then we get to this verse that I think a lot of us may know, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all, I can do all things or everything through Christ who gives me strength. Come on, let's read that verse 13 together. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And I'm believing today you may have walked in here not full of strength. You may have walked in here half, halfway full of strength. Right? You're, you're, you're running on empty, maybe. I don't know what you walked in here with. I don't know what your stress level may look like today, but I just believe that the God of the universe is in this room. The God of the universe wants to speak to you. He knows you. He knows what you're walking through, what you're dealing with. And I believe he wants to speak to us today. So come on, let's pray one more time. Ask the Lord just to be in this place, continue to be in our presence. Lord, we love you. We pause in the middle of crazy chaos. And that's the fact that you can be peace in the midst of chaos, that all hell may be breaking loose around us. We know that you are the prince.
Prince of Peace, that there is peace that you provide that in the middle of circumstances we may not be able to explain. But God, I'm just praying today that you would just be in this place as we open your words, we listen to your voice. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. We pause just for a second, just to take a moment just to hear from you today, God. God, we're, we're shutting out the noise. We're shutting out what happened yesterday. We're shutting out what happened even on the way to church today or what we got going on this afternoon or this week. God, we're just asking you to speak to us right now. Jesus, it's in your mighty, awesome, incredible, magnificent, holy, righteous, rocking, magnificent name, the name that's above every name that we pray. And all the God's people said, amen, amen. If you love Jesus one more time, can we make a little bit of noise for the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. High five your neighbor. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Awesome. 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 Man, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, so thankful for you. Picked a great Sunday to be here. And I know we say that every week, but I am so thankful for you. And uh, just just glad that we're in this series called Let's Talk About. So we're going to talk about some stress. Come on, somebody. How many of us in the room would just be honest? This is one of those things I want everybody to participate. How many of us would say, you know what, I am a worrier. Come on, somebody. Anybody out there say, hey, I'm a worrier. All right, good. good. Anybody anybody love to just love to stress? Come on. Anybody, any, any stressors out there? We just love stress. I think a lot of us in the room can agree, uh, or if you're watching online, then listen, I think, I think a lot of us worry from time to time, and I know today may be a little bit different. Uh, I, I love to always start out sometimes with a joke and a Boudreaux joke. Come on, somebody, all right? So are you okay with that today? About three of you, I guess I might not. Is everybody okay with a Boudreaux joke today? All right, just kind of easy into it today. Okay, so Boudreaux is this deep South Cajun man, if you don't know who he is. And, and what he does is he actually, uh, he, he's, again, he, he's all into hunting and fishing. He plays some golf too. And one night he was, he was just worried sick, laying up at night, right? He's just laid in bed with his wife, and he's, he's tossing and turning, and he's worried sick. And he rolls over to his wife, and he whispers to her. He says, hey, hey, hey Marie, if I died, would, would you get married again? And Marie said, Mazi, yeah, I guess I would. She said, and he asked, well, would you sleep in the same bed with him? He said, oh, I mean, yeah, it's the only bed we got in the house. I guess I'd have to. I guess I got to do that. Would you kiss him, Marie? I mean, yeah, he would be my husband. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would kiss him. And then Boudreaux asked, but uh, would, you, would you give him my golf clubs, Marie? Would you give him my golf clubs? And, and Marie just kind of sighed a little bit, said, no, Boudreaux, I would never give him your golf clubs. Besides, he's left-handed. Come on, somebody. That's funny. I don't care who you are right now. She already know who she's going to marry once he was gone. Okay, if you didn't know that, you, that's what she's. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Terrible joke we won't even talk about. Edit that out of the video, please. That would be great, all right? So um, uh, how many of us, though, if we can relate with Boudreaux, are up sometimes worried at night? Come on, somebody. Wave at me. This is all skate. I want everybody to participate. I think some people in the room, if we're just going to be really transparent, really honest today, we would say, you know what? There are many nights that I lay in bed. And honestly, the stress of life and everything going on around me, the worry that's going on, it keeps me up at night. And uh, it keeps you up. And I think a lot of us, again, in church we might say, oh, we don't have to talk about that or we're not going to be honest about it. But again, what we've done with this series has been very honest, open, and transparent with each other. Letting each other know, hey, you know what, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to talk about in church. That a lot of times culture is loud about, but the church may be silent about. And this is one of those things that, again, I think all of us in the room, again, if we're honest, can we be honest today for the next 27 minutes and 15 seconds? 
Yes, okay, everybody, there is a clock back there, and y'all are going to be looking at it the whole time now. Okay, I'm sorry, my ADHD is kicking in right now with you. But I'll just tell you, we're going to be honest together because I think, again, all of us would raise our hand and say, you know what? We are stressed. Honestly, we, the last, and just be honest together, the last three years of our life, have you not felt like the stress level of your life has gone up? Anybody in the room? Come on, right? If you still got some hair, it's turning gray. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like, I'll just tell you the last couple years, it feels like, man, the, the pressure is even more inside the pressure cooker of life, right? And again, you may find yourself worried. Actually, what we even talked about last week is we are in the most anxious, depressed society and generation that has ever lived. And so we need to realize that this is something that people are dealing with. And actually, what you asked about, this was the number one topic for what you asked about at Easter when we said, hey, what would you like to hear sermons on? What would you like to hear from the Bible, what, the, what God has to say about certain situations? This was the number one thing. Hey, how do I handle stress? Because again, we're living in a stressed environment. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans would consider themselves highly stressed? Come on, somebody. You know you ain't just stressed. You're highly stressed. Come on, right? That's three out of four of you in, in your row. Like every four people, three out of four are highly stressed under an intense amount of pressure. Did you know that anxiety is the number one mental health issue in America? Did you know that? It is true. I want you to see that. that also, stress, worry, and anxiety is actually the number one reason for sickness and disease in America. The root of a lot of disease and sickness in America can be traced back to stress, anxiety, and worry. But come on, how many of us are thankful that we serve the God of the universe that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit a couple thousands of years ago, these guys pinned down some letters to some churches to encourage them, and we know that these letters are still applicable to us today because we serve the risen Savior who's still writing His Word on our heart, and the good news is that the Bible is not silent about this topic. And I just want to ask today, before we get started, what if I told you that there was a way to take that stress, that burden, that burnout, and replace it with peace and purpose? Would you be in? Come on, would you be in for that? Come on, this means yes in Kentucky if you don't say nothing, all right? You're like, yeah, I'm in. Like, yeah, okay. And, I, and I'll be very transparent with you. This week, probably one of the most stressful weeks of my life for no reason. Just being honest, I'm probably because I'm on a platform talking about this when I should be sitting in the seat also learning beside you because I'm struggling every day with some things that I'm going to teach and talk with us about today. And I want you to see that. I want you to know that, that we're all dealing with it. But man, if we could have like a, a, a recipe or if we could find something to where, okay, I would gladly replace my burnout and my, my, my uh, uh, distress and my anxiety, I'd gladly replace that with some Praise, I gladly replace that with some peace and some purpose. I'd be in, and guess what? Paul gives us that prescription today. As we read the word of God, like you got to understand that Paul gets it. He understands Paul plants a church, right? He plants a church, and about 10 years go by, and he's writing this letter to the church at Philippi, which is where he planted it. He's writing it to them, and he's saying, hey, I'm trying to get y'all towards Jesus. I'm trying to push you towards Jesus. I'm just making sure that you understand that, that guess what, there's going to be some stuff that happens in your life, but I'm trying to let you know that you can have joy even in the middle of it. And that's the sign of a, a mature believer, a mature person is understanding that everything may be going crazy around them, but with inside of them, they can have some peace, they can have some joy, they can have, okay, God, I know it might be crazy around me, but within me, I'm solid as I can be. And listen, I want to just encourage you today, 
that again, I know when we look around the world that there is a lot of stuff going on, right? Can we be honest together? There's a lot of stuff in the world that's going on. There's a lot of stuff in your personal life that's going on. And I want to just start out by saying I am not minimizing that at all because it's real. It's a struggle. All of us are walking through something, and it does seem, oh, my gosh, I can't handle this. It is heavy. But what I want us to see is what Paul is giving is a prescription that, you know what, in the middle of some very real things, in the middle of some very stressful times, in the middle of money problems or relationship issues or economy issues or in the middle of these very real things that you can actually experience real joy that cannot be taken from you. That's what Paul's trying to tell us. So that sounds like some good news today, right? Let's lean into what Paul's having to say to us. And he's saying, hey, throw whatever you want at me. Guess what? You can't steal the joy within me. And that's the, 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 really the thing that Paul starts out with because he says, always be full of joy. Somebody shout joy. joy. Oh, say it like you got some joy. Y'all sound like y'all's in a funeral right there. Come on, somebody shout like you got some joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Yeah, that's good. Always be full of joy. I'm going to say it again. Come on, how many of y'all know when mama says it twice, you better listen. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, Paul's the same way. He's like, yo, yo I, I'm going to say be full of joy, but I'm going to say it again. All right? You know, you know when somebody says that, say it again. You know what they're trying to say? They're trying to get you to do it, right? And so Paul does that. I'm going to say it again, rejoice. And, and I want us to see something right here, that always be full of joy in the Lord. See, you may not always be able to find joy in the circumstance, but you can always find joy in the Lord. You can always find that because the Bible tells us, in your presence, God, in Psalm 16, there is fullness of joy. So here's what I love about these verses as Paul is starting is that he doesn't just say, be full of joy in the Lord. Go, go figure it out. Like, all right then, see you later. Oh, go, go be happy, full of joy. You, you can do it. No, no, no. What does he do? He gives us practical handles for how you and I can deal with stress. How we can, in the middle of all of these crazy things going on around us, how still something on the inside that we can be doing, that we can be rock solid and centered in the middle of it. Everybody good with that? I'm going to tell us four things today. I want you to write them down. Very first thing, and I'll just give this clarifying statement up front. Today is not going to be very deep, but it's going to be really hard to live out. Can I tell you that? Everybody okay with that? I think a lot of times we want deep because we want to like walk away from church confused. Uh, you ain't going to be confused today, but listen, it's going to be really hard to live out this week. Okay? Easy to say, really hard to live. Everybody good? First thing is this. You ready? See, if you're ready, say I'm ready. Here it is. The very first thing you got to do, worry less. Come on, somebody, all right? Welcome to church. Glad you're here, all right? <laughs> worry less. That's what he talks about, right? Paul starts out by saying that. Don't worry about anything. And give you a little context to why Paul is and what he's writing in. Paul is actually in a Roman prison awaiting his trial because he was preaching the gospel. And what he know, doesn't know is whether he's getting out or not, doesn't know if he's going to be released from prison, doesn't know if he's going to be in prison for life, killed for his faith. And he writes down these words right here, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Get this, listen, if this verse is true, and listen to me, we believe the Bible is true, we believe the word of God is true from the front cover to the back cover, and, and listen, th then there is not one thing according to God's word where the appropriate response is to worry. There's not one thing. 
right? There, there's nothing big enough where God's like, mm, yeah, you can worry about that one. Yeah, you can probably do that. Mm -mm, that's hard. I know. Ooh, man, that's tough. That's challenging. Go ahead and worry about that. No, no, no. It's not what God says. And, I, and listen to me. I'm not talking about being prepared. I'm all about being prepared. I'm all about not sticking your head in the sand. I'm, not, I'm all about that, being smart and prepared. But some of y'all are living so worrisome. Tap your neighbor and say, you're worrisome. Go ahead, just go ahead. <laughs> worrisome. Your life, worrisome. Listen to me. Some of you, that is what I would use to describe your life. Worrisome. Not just worried, you're worrisome. And the fact is that you are worried and freaking out about everything. And what, what I think about when I think about worry is worry is like carrying an umbrella in the dead of summer and it's 0% chance of rain outside. That's what like worry is. Like you, you, you're, you're worried about your finances. You're worried about your family. You're, you're worried, like deep, sick, seated, worried about your future, your friends, your kids. And we began to wonder, I, I don't know if I'm able to handle this or carry this. And we start to expect the worst thing to happen in our life. Can we be honest? When we're worried, we're expecting the worst to happen. And listen to me, worry is carrying something that you were never meant to carry. That's what worry is. And I think about it, if my hands are all full, like if you can imagine for a second if I started picking up all of this stuff and walking around with it, how many of you know I'm carrying around some stuff, but I'm not able to receive anything else? Does that make sense? So what happens is, is worry does the same thing. It fills your hands full of things where you're not able to receive from God. And I'm trying to challenge us today. Listen to me. Don't worry about anything. And maybe you're thinking, you know what, it's easy for you to say, oh, you don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know what I've walked through. There's no way I can't worry. Like, and listen, again, I, wanna, I don't want to minimize what you're walking through right now. But my question would be this. Would God put something in the Bible and ask us to do something if we weren't able to do it? See, listen, it may be impossible for you and I to achieve on our own. But the last time I checked, we serve the God of the impossible. The last time I checked, the God who causes the winds and the waves to stop at one word, that's the God that we serve. The last time I checked, the God who parted the Red Sea and three million Israelites walked across on dry ground, not muddy ground, not sloppy ground, dry ground, that's the God that we serve. The last time I checked, the God who caused a giant to fall with a sling and a stone is the same God that did all of that, is the same God that's still in control today. Day. And if you believe that and you love him and you're thankful for him, come on, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? Like, I'm thankful that the same God then is the same God we serve now. And listen, worry, he's telling us, hey, don't worry about anything. And this verse should encourage us, not discourage us, because what that tells us is that we actually can live a life that is free of stress, that is free of worry, that is free of anxiety. Okay, I want to tell you that. So the first one is worry less, good luck. No, 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 it's not good luck because I think it hinges on this next one. If you're ready for it, say I'm ready. So you're going to worry less when you do this, pray more. Okay, so again, I told you it's not going to be deep today. It's not going to be like, uh, I don't understand. Really simple, really hard to live out. Worry less. Pray more. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. I think we get that backwards, right? Can we all agree we probably get that backwards a little bit? 
I, I, there's this book by an incredible pastor by the name of Chad Veach, and he, the title of his book is Worried About Everything Because I Pray About Nothing. Come on, how many of us that's true for us? How many, how many of us that's true in our own life is that we're worried sick, we're, we're anxious, we're stressed, and we're, we're worrying more, but we're praying less? Now, again, I'm not saying that there's not going to be some things in life that are overwhelming and that, oh, my goodness, it doesn't make sense. There's going to be those things. But listen to me. When worry outweighs prayer, we're in trouble. So let's worry less. Let's pray more because prayer is the solution to our worry. I think a lot of times prayer should be our first response, but what is it? It's the last thing we do. Come on, somebody, right? You know what happens? We try and do all this stuff. Okay, I'm going to try and make it work my way. I'm going to try and go with my plan. I'm going to try to do my thing. And then have you ever heard somebody say, well, I guess all we got left to do is pray about it. No! Come on, right? No way! Like, that should be our first response, not our last resort. Anybody can pray. Listen, I think we make prayer so complicated Prayer is literally just talking to God. You want to know how to talk to God? You want to know how Jesus actually taught on this in Matthew chapter 6, taught us how to pray. And again, we spend a couple times a year where we're just going in in prayer together. And I want to encourage you to pray all the time, anywhere, about anything. Come on, tap your neighbor say, all the time. Anywhere, about anything. I want you to do that. I want you to begin. I know it may sound silly and some of y'all may, oh, it may be like super spiritual. Start praying about everything. Listen to me. I'm trying to encourage you. That's literally what Paul is saying. Pray about everything. That as soon as worry hits your life, as soon as stress, anxiety flares up on the inside of you, you know what you and I can do? We can talk to God. God, I'm feeling worried right now. God, I'm handling this. I know I'm not supposed to be carrying it. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm going to invite you into the middle of this worry. And listen to me. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes you. That's, that's the whole goal. Right? Prayer doesn't change God's mind or what he's going to do. No, no, no. Prayer changes you and I that we may not see it the way God sees it. God, I'm trying to get my focus the way you want it to be. I'm trying to see the way you want me to see. I got to thinking about it. I got this analogy. I've used this analogy before, but I think it's incredible. To, to I'm, I'm a visual learner. Again, I'm ADHD a little bit. If you haven't told already today, come back next week and you'll see it again. And, uh, but, but I am ADHD, and I like a visual type learning experience, right? So, so what happens is, if you can imagine this balloon right here is our life, um, and when it's not blown up, there's not any stress on it, man, life is good, everything's fine, oh, it's feeling good, I ain't got nothing going on, like, I don't have a care in the world, and what happens is, a lot of times in our life, what we begin to do and what we begin to experience is we begin to experience this anxiety and worry and stress whenever we do certain things in our life. So some of us in the room, no matter which channel you might watch, Guess what? When you flip on the news, anxiety wells up on the inside of you. Okay, so this, this is what happens. CNN, Fox, don't matter, all right? Stressful. Stress happens. Then, then how many of us, come on, real quick, how many of us got some financial stresses? Come on, anybody got any bills to pay? Come on, somebody. Seem like there's more month than money. We're going to talk about that later, not today, but in a few weeks. We're going to talk about how you can live financially free as well. But what happens is we get stressed out about finances. And what happens then? Here comes more pressure. Here comes more stress in our life. What happens? Come on, some of y'all in the front row is getting real nervous right now. All right? And I said it in the first service. I'll say it again. 
I think the Spirit, I think the Spirit of the Lord kind of put it on my own life because this is me. If y'all are nervous with this balloon and how close you are, imagine how nervous some people around you are with the stress that's going on in your life. Imagine what it's like. Just think about it. We got financial stress. Kids aren't sleeping. <laughs> Job not going the way I thought it was supposed to go. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> I don't really want that to pop in my face. That would not be fun. But I want you to see something. This is how a lot of us live our lives, right? We live it right here. Pressure to the max. Filled up with worry, anxiety, stress. But the truth of Scripture is that you and I don't have to live this way. That we do not have to live under so much intense pressure. Watch what happens when we pray. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. Then, somebody say then, you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. But listen to me. You want to release worry? Start praying more. You, you want less worry in your life? Look at what the Bible is prescribing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, trade this out for prayer. And what happens is, is our prayer a lot of times may sound like this. Come on, somebody. That's somebody's prayer right there. That's what we sound like to God sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Just whining. You know? Just whining. That's what God hears sometimes when we pray, right? Just say it. Okay. All right. Fun. It went in the third row in the first service. That's a bummer. All right, cool. We'll leave that there for just a second. But I'm saying, listen to me, prayer releases worry. I want you to see that. Prayer releases worry. The result of prayer is peace. And it's not just any peace that we can hype ourselves up with, a service or experience or anything like that. It's not Dustin's size peace. It is God's peace, and it's peace that doesn't make sense. It's peace that you probably shouldn't have. It's peace that surprises you, and it's peace that even surprises some other people. Because in the middle of what you're going through, yes, it may seem like all hell may be breaking loose around you, but within you, if you are centering yourself saying, God, I want to hear from you. God, I'm in the middle of this. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to respond. And what we do is we're saying, God, I'm releasing this worry because I'm coming to you. Y'all remember that old hymn back in the day? Come on, somebody. Y'all remember that song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? Y'all remember that one? One of them old school songs. I love singing. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. What? Everything to God in prayer. Right? Watch this next line of it. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Like this peace we just give up. Oh, what needless pain we bear. So we give up peace and we bear a heavy burden. All because, the, the, the old song says, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I know it's super simple. I know it's worry less, pray more. Easy to write, really hard to do. But I'm going to encourage you this week. This is a great prescription for you and I in our life if we feel overwhelmed, stressed, anxious. Yes, listen to me. Replace some of that with prayer. Come on, somebody. Everybody good with that? Everybody okay? Let's start praying more. First resort. And then God's going to, to, to tell you what you need to do, where you need to go, what, what you need to go. Maybe you need to go to a counselor after that. Maybe you need to go to, to, to a doctor and see them. I want to encourage you with that. Start first with prayer. Pray more. Everybody good?
Okay, three, we're going to land this plane pretty quick. Thank God all the time. Thank God all the time. So we're going to worry less because we're ultimately going to pray more, and we're going to thank God all the time. Right? That's kind of the prescription that Paul puts out there. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. Did you know that our bodies, physiologically, our brains cannot respond to negative emotions and positive emotions at the same time? Did you know that? Yours and my brain cannot do that. So uh, our brains cannot uh, literally respond to fear, anxiety, and stress as well as gratitude at the same time. You see that? And I want to just challenge some of us in the room. It's almost like the God of the Bible knew what he was doing. Come on, somebody, because he did. Right? Because what happens is, is if you and I would just begin to be uh, grateful and thankful, I believe what begins to happen, though, a lot of times in our life is we begin looking around. We begin looking on social media and saying, well, I'm not where they are. I'm not doing what they're doing. Come on. We're the staycation people while everybody's at vacation. Come on, somebody, right? I start comparing my life. I start looking around and saying, why am I not here? Why am I not there? Why did this not happen? Why am, why am I not in this situation? And I just want to challenge some of us in the room. Comparison is losing sight of what God has given you, and it's the quickest way to kill your contentment. Come on, I'm bringing all the hymns back today. Anybody remember that hymn, Count Your Blessings? Come on, y'all remember that one? Count your blessings. What, what happens after that? I was hoping somebody was going to sing right there. Come on, somebody. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Okay, okay. Like that, remember that song? Who remembers that song? Come on, wave at me. Okay. Like, I, I think, again, we grew up singing songs that, that, again, if we would just put into practice, I think they would work. Uh, obviously, they're based off Scripture. Come on, I'm going to count my blessings. I think so much, so many times what we do is we have this comparison problem where I, I, I'm wondering, God, why'd you give it to them and not me? Why'd you let that happen to them and not me? And we get in this comparison game when really God is saying, hey, won't you just thank me? Won't you just thank me for what I've done? First Thessalonians 5 tells us this, always be joyful, never stop praying. There it is again. Be thankful in how many circumstances? All, all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Again, notice that he didn't say for all circumstances, right? I, I'm not thinking, maybe somebody in your family has been diagnosed with cancer, right? And in this time, it's, it, I, I'm not thankful for the cancer diagnosis, but I can be thankful in the diagnosis. Does that make sense? I, I, I may not be thankful for the relationship issues that I'm having. Right? It's, it's, man, this is hard. This is a challenge. We're walking through a really tough season. But in the middle of that, guess what? I can still be thankful in it, not just necessarily for it. Does that make sense? So thank God all the time. And again, a way to combat stress is with gratitude. And I just got to ask, I got to ask this question today, watching online, listening on a podcast in this room. Is there anybody grateful in the house today? Is there anybody grateful for the grace that Jesus chased you down when you were a long way off? Come on, is anybody grateful that you were healed of that cancer or disease? Is there anybody that's healed and thankful? Is anybody grateful that you didn't marry that goofball that you thought you were supposed to back in college? Come on, somebody. Is there anybody thankful or grateful for a God that made a way financially where there seems to be no way? Is there anybody grateful for a God that has given you a hope and a promise and a future that is better than you can ask, think, or imagine? I think we ought to do what Psalm 47, 1 and 2 says. Come on, everybody. Everybody, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise, for the Lord Most High is awesome. 
Come on, thank him for what he's done. Come on, that's just a little golf clap. Can we really thank him for five seconds for what he's done in our life? Come on, thank God all the time. Thank God. I think that's my life verse right there, Psalm 47. Come on, everybody, clap your hands, shout to God. I like that one. I like that a lot. Because, again, what's it doing? It's putting it on God. God, we're thankful. We don't deserve it. We're thankful. God, we're here. and we, I don't know how we're here, but, man, we're so thankful for you, so grateful for what you've done. And I'll just tell you, we're going to land a plane on this. Fix your thinking. You're going you're gonna to worry less by praying more, and then you're going to be able to say, okay, I'm going to thank God all the time, and I'm going to fix my thinking. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 goes on to tell us, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And you might be thinking, you know what, I've tried the prayer thing, and in the moment it works, it fixes it, but why does it keep coming back? Why does this keep happening? Why, why doesn't God just take worry and anxiety and fear and his stress away from me forever? Why does it keep happening? And listen to me. Prayer is always the best first option, but maybe you need to check your patterns after that. Like, like maybe you need to check your patterns. See, worry and anxiety often come from a particular thought pattern or something deep inside of us. What begins to happen is that literally scientists and psychologists call this a neuropathway. So like literally in your brain, you start thinking a thought and you keep thinking that thought. What is happening is as if you're walking a trail down into your brain. And what happens is the more you think that, the stronger the thought gets, the easier it is to think it again. And the harder it is to get a different thought. And again, what, have you ever heard somebody say, your mind's in the gutter? I'm talking about your mind's in the gutter. That is literally, there's a gutter in your brain, a neural pathway that has been trampled down by the thoughts in your life, the same thoughts. And what I want you to see is that God created you so incredibly, so intrinsically, that the brain actually has the ability to change. It's actually called neuroplasticity for all those people that took some science back in college. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like, that's what that's called. Scientifically, you have the power to change the way that you think. And, y'all, I love it when science finally catches up with the Word of God. Come on, somebody. Because for thousands of years, God's been telling us in Romans chapter 12, don't copy the behaviors of the world, the customs of the world, but be transformed. Let God transform you into a new person by doing what? Changing the way that you think. Changing the way that you think. The reality is is that through God, you and I have the ability to change the way we think. And I just want to challenge some of us to do what Paul's saying. Hey, keep putting into practice all that you've learned, all that you've received from me, everything you heard from me, saw me doing, then the peace of God will be with you. And go on down to verse 11, he goes on and says, Hey, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And I love the way that he says, I have learned. Somebody say, I've learned. Yeah, I've learned. He's learned. What has Paul done? He's grown. What's he done? He's changed. It's not just something that happened to him or a spiritual gift that he had. No, no, no. And, and my, my challenge for some of us in the room is this. is Some of you have been coming to Purpose Church for years and years and years. And my heart would be that you would just take another step towards Jesus. That you would choose growth in your life. 
that you would say, okay, I don't know this, I haven't learned this in my life, but I'm going to commit to learning it. I'm going to commit to leaning into the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me now? Like, I'm going to lean into the Word of God. Holy Spirit, speak through your Word to me as I open it. And God, I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to keep believing. And Man, I'm going to challenge some of you. Get in a crew around some people that can help push you towards God. we got enough things trying to drag us away. Come on, let's step into it and say, hey, God, I'm learning. I'm learning what it's like. I'm learning what it's like to do life with other people and have somebody else call me out in the middle of it and challenge me. And uh, again, he says, I've learned, and learning is a process. Learning what? What is truth, what's noble, right, God-honoring, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. And what we put our, in our minds ultimately determines what comes out of our mouth and with our actions and our desires. So my challenge for us is we got to fix our thinking. I, I got to fix my thinking. I got to examine what what are these pathways that I got in my brain and my thoughts. And, and am I letting movies? Am I letting the internet? Am I letting books? Am I letting news? Am I letting Facebook? Am I letting other people's opinion? Am I letting the TV tell me what is true, honorable, right, admirable, pure, lovely, and praiseworthy? Or am I letting God's word set the standard for my life? And I'm just trying to well something up on the inside of you that you and I would say, okay, God. We hear you loud and clear. I've been worried. I've been anxious. I've walked through it. I'm still in the middle of it. But I'm going to fix my thoughts on what your thoughts are. I'm going to fix my ways to what you've called me to. I'm going to change my patterns. I'm going to look at that. God, would you change my heart as I'm changing my patterns and my my schedule even to where I'm saying, okay, God, I'm going to put you first. Because Paul goes on to say, Paul, who's waiting his execution, right, doesn't know if he's getting out, if he's going to die. He says, I've learned to be content in anything. Come on, some of us need that. We need that kind of contentment today. We need that kind of encouragement today. I have learned that you and I can have the joy no matter what the chaos is around us. Well, what, what's your secret, Paul? Like, bro, where are you at? How would you have that? How do you get that? Uh, Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 13, we all know the verse. For I can do everything or all things. Why? How? Through Christ who gives me strength. See, listen to me. Real lasting peace and joy can be found in a relationship with Jesus. Do you know one of Jesus' names? He's the Prince of Peace. That's a name that he carries. And today the Prince of Peace can offer you peace that you're definitely looking for. And this is what I want you to know is that with Jesus, peace is not just possible. It's actually promised. I love this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 11. I want you to see it. If you're struggling right now, let this speak to you for just a second. You may have walked in here and you're, 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 man, you're tired. You're stressed. You're worried. You're anxious. You're burdened. You're, it's, life just feels heavy right now. You thought about what we talked about last week, self-harm and suicide, just to get some relief. And I just want to tell you there is a better place for you to find relief. It's in the words of what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 11. He says this, come to me, all of you who are weary, burdened, stressed, anxious, worrisome, worried, all of those things. And look at it, what it says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I was reading in my Bible uh, last week, actually, as I was reading. I read my Bible every day. It wasn't just like last week. I was just clarifying really quickly. I'm just going to clarify. Matthew 11, I was reading that passage, and I, I saw a note that I had made from somewhere where it said that Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life 
building yokes, which a yoke was a thing that went around oxen. Jesus was a carpenter, if you didn't know that, before he decided to go on mission. Like literally, he had three years to go and change the world, yet Jesus was never hurried, busy, or worried. Come on, somebody. It's pretty incredible, right? He had a lot to do in three years, but the first 30 years he literally spent in a, uh, uh, a carpenter shop making yokes, knowing what this was, knowing what a yoke was. We don't know what that is. It teams up two oxen. They got to go the same direction when they got the yoke around their neck. I love the fact that Jesus says, hey, take my yoke upon. I know what yokes feel like. I know what it's been like. I know how heavy they can be. I know what life may do to you. I know what it may feel like as you're in that job. I know what it may feel like whenever it feels so heavy around you that you don't know what you're doing or how to get there or if you have the strength to keep going on. And I love the fact that he uses that reference and says, hey, take my yoke. You know why? Because it's easy and light. It's light. It's easy. I'm gentle and humble at heart. You'll find rest for your souls. And my prayer today is that today you would find some rest for your soul. You've been searching a lot of different places, but nothing seems to satisfy it. Would you just, and I just come to Jesus. Come to him, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. Listen to me. Peace comes when I put God first. So you're looking for some peace in your finances? Put God first. You're looking for some peace in your relationships? Put God first. You're looking for some peace in your marriage? Put God first. You're looking for some peace in your schedule? You're doing it today? Okay, I'm going to set aside the first day of the week, and I'm going to put God first. The Bible tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Come on. That's good news today, that even in the midst of chaos we can seek God first, that we can have peace. Come on, if you believe that all over this house, can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this place today? So if you don't mind for just a second, would you mind standing to your feet all over this place? Standing to your feet, and as you stand, do you mind closing your eyes and bowing your heads for just a second? I want to talk to you really quick. You're in the room. You have a relationship with Jesus, and you would say, you know what? I, I have been living my life worried, stressed, anxious, upset, not knowing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out about what I'm supposed to do. And I have worried a heck of a lot more than I have prayed. I have worried a heck of a lot more than I have renewed my mind. I've worried a lot more than I have done anything by, by thanking God. And so maybe you're here today and you walked in this place and, and it's heavy for you right now. I want you to know that this is a safe place that you can come. We've talked about it last week even, that it is okay to not be okay. This place is a place where it is okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. And I want to encourage you. You're here. Maybe your life has been heavy. Maybe it's been hard walking even into this place today. You know, the Spirit of God has just been drawing you to here, and He spoke to you today. And maybe there's something on the inside of you today that you know Jesus, but you're saying, hey, I've got to get some, i got to go back to the source of peace. I've been trying to do it my own way, trying to walk my own path, whatever, and I just i got to refocus back on him. If that's you and you say, hey, that's me, would you pray for me, Dustin? Would you raise your hand up over your head? Just be very vulnerable in this room right now. I know there's people all over this room raising their hand. Hey, depending on me, I'm stressed. I've walked through it myself. Come on, why don't you just keep your hands open if you got your hands raised. I just want to pray for you for just a second. God, I just believe that every hand that's up in this room right now where they are saying they're walking through this life stressed, anxious, worried, not knowing what the next step might look like. God, I pray right now supernaturally that you would give them peace.
Holy Spirit, you would speak to them. God, that they would feel your presence even in this moment right now, that you love them, you have a plan for them, that their hands are open to receive the peace that only you can offer. God, we're going to fix our thoughts. We're going to fix our mind. We're going to fix our patterns. We're going to thank you, God. We're going to pray more, not out of duty, but because of the fact that you have given us so much. It's not an obligation to pray more. It's because we love you, God. We want to thank you for what you've done. So I pray for my friends right now in this place in Jesus' name. Maybe you're in here and you go ahead and put your hands down. Maybe you're in this place and you have never given your heart to Jesus. That the Prince of Peace stands there ready to give you an invitation to say, Hey, I've done all the work, Jesus says. If you'll just receive this gift that I've given you. And maybe you're here and you've never heard the gospel before. The gospel in about 30 seconds is this. is that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Why did Jesus have to die? There has to be a payment for the sin that you and I commit in our life. There has to be a payment. And Jesus was the only one perfect that could make the sacrifice that he did by going to the cross, dying in my spot. So the Bible tells us that here's what happens. You either put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross, or you will pay for your sins eternally apart from God. And I I don't want you to do that. Jesus didn't want you to do that. That's why he came for me and for you. The Bible says if we'll declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we will believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So if you're here and you need to declare that Jesus is Lord in your life today and you want to commit your life to him, once you pray something like this, it doesn't have to be word for word, but just pray something like this in your life. Say, dear Jesus, I want you to come in my life. Would you save me? Would you be Lord of my life? I know you did all of the work by dying on the cross, by getting out of the grave. And I just put my faith and trust in that today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for life. Help me live for you from this day forward. If you're in this place or watching online or listening on the podcast and you've prayed something like it or it was word for word, I just want to know that. I want to know that uh, just a few seconds ago, people were very vulnerable raising their hand up in this place. I'm going to ask if you just prayed to receive Jesus on the count of three, would you just raise your hand over your head? One, two, three. You just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. I see you. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. The Bible says there is a party going on in heaven. And it's the heart and the mission of this church is to see people connect to Jesus and live on purpose. And so there was some connection with Jesus today. Literally people walking and saying, I need a a relationship with Jesus. And it happened in this place today. So Purpose Church, can we lift our heads? Can we put our hands together and thank God for what he's done? Salvation being in this room. Come on, give him a big shout of praise in this place.